Married to who? Welcome to Married to Who, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Doctor Who for the very first time. My name's Jake. With me are those couples, Cody, Sam, Jill, and Alex, and our producer, Terry. This week, we're here to talk about Demons of the Punjab, written by Vinay Patel, directed by Jamie Childs, aired November 11th, 2018. Uh, Cody. Yes, Mr. Jake, sir, sir, guy. Uh, what'd you think of this one, dude? God damn it, Jake, if this isn't a great episode, but just not, like, it's so different. The writing is so different this season. That it is. I liked it, but it's different. Sam? I thought it was a really good episode. I enjoyed it. Sometimes Sam's going to be brief. Sometimes you might hear a baby that's in her arms making noise. Deal with it. Uh, Jill? Why they got to hit all the feels every every story? Is that what we do with 50-minute stories? Hit them all? <laughs> that's exactly it. Got I the felt feels. the same, same as Cody, though. The writing is just so different. And they, like even today, so I watched it yesterday, the fact that I'm still thinking about it a day later... Says a lot for me, as far as Doctor Who goes. But I was thinking about yeah. today when I was driving. Like, they just, they're just really, like, they're pushing something. And I think I like it. I like the feels episodes. Like, they stick with me a little longer, but it is very, very different. Maybe you guys should all watch it before the day of, so you have time to think about it. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> Terry? I really enjoyed it, um, though I found it to be incredibly predictable. I don't know. I was able to call a lot of like, oh, look, that's her grandfather. And, oh, he's the bad guy. He's going to turn around and be the one who's doing everything. And, like, I didn't get the the aliens where the good guys are just passive people. But um, it felt very, this is your basic storyline. We just inserted these characters instead. And then moved on that way. But it was still fun to watch. And it's I definitely feel like this season is a lot more educational on our history than a lot of other Doctor Who seasons. Or at least I'm picking up on. Um, but I enjoy that. So you liked it? I can't remember. You talked for 20 minutes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it was enjoyable. Also, as I told you when you called it that that was her grandfather, that wasn't her grandfather. It's some other dude. Uh, fight, okay. fight, fight. Shut up, Alex. We, <laughs> I realized like two out of the last three podcasts, we've just skipped Alex at this part. So, Alex, what do you think? Uh, that's fine. Um, I I really do like this one. It's, it, But it's kind of like Rose where it's hard to watch again because... You know, you know, you know what's coming and it's like really heart wrenching. Um, uh, also, I remember like when first watching this, I 
like Terry had said, it's it's like really diving into like history type stuff, which is really cool because I had no idea about this conflict, this event that happened in human history. Like it's taking strides to like open up your perception to like other events in the world that you may not know about. And it's really cool. I just have to interrupt with when you said Rosa, I thought you said Rose, and I sat there forever being like, what was so heart-wrenching <laughs> about Rose? Yeah, no. That was not a heart-wrenching story. Rosa, got it. But I agree, I know nothing about history at all. So it's fun to like look a little more in-depth. I have no idea how accurate it is like in any of these historical stories, because I know nothing. But I'm going to pretend that it's 100% accurate. And But fuck, it still hits so hard. Like, just the fact, I mean, getting way ahead, but just the fact that, like, two brothers went against each other like that, it's just so sad. Yeah, they they fucking, they layered it on so thick. It's brothers, and one of them's getting married. Yeah. And there was a nice old man who was just a religious holy person who just gets fucking murdered. Like, come on. Like, I do want, go ahead. Nah, I'm just talking about how sad I am now. <laughs> I do want to add to my my thoughts on it that I do really like how they're showcasing each companion. Because I know early on in this season, we were talking about how we don't know a lot about the companion and they're not telling us anything. And they're doing it in such a cool way. Like each episode kind of gets their own backstory type Right, yeah. Thing. yeah. Well, we, we learn more about the companion's nan than we learn about the companion. That's fine. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's her heritage and her history. It's and... in relation to, yeah. And we got a lot of yeahs, like just wanting to be involved, which I thought was really nice. Truth. It, it's a huge story. It's great. Yeah, massive story. It's that, like, when it ends, the just the way it ends, too, you're just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I, um. Hey, Jake. Oh, yeah, Jake. <laughs> what'd you like? What'd you think? I'm just reading about partition. Was that what it was called? Was right. Like they called it the partition? That's what they called it in the story. Just, no, no, the. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So partition kind of describes like a very. One part of a very tumultuous time in India, like, uh, you know, Britain is releasing its rule over the area and. There's, you know, parts of India that are French that are also being released. And there's a bunch of violence over that over like the next eight years. Like there's a lot of different things going on. Partitions, obviously a big part of it, but uh, as far as the episode goes, that's uh, fine. looks great. I do have to say that when, I don't know, a couple episodes ago, Jake said that like, this is his favorite or that was his favorite of the season and the rest suck. And I think I didn't say the rest suck. You kind of <laughs> did. didn't you? You I said, <laughs> I said the premiere, which I really like, was my favorite episode of the season. But you said something like, "This is my favorite," so it like goes downhill or something like that. No, I asked because you guys were kind of down on it. So I said, "What would you say oh, yeah, yeah. if I said this is my favorite episode?" <laughs> and I didn't put anything on it. I was just letting you guys I'm have just, your reactions. I'm just letting you know that saying stuff like that does put stuff on it, because now I expect them all to suck and I'm like, oh, Jake's just wrong. <laughs> Every time. I don't think he's been wrong, though. 
Well, well um, I think there's getting better every time. I think well, I will just, say the just first one. I like other ones less than the first one doesn't mean I hate them. Well, and I, I think the opener was is the best Doctor Who episode so far for sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That was the yeah. only Doctor Who episode. Now there's the time that chick punched or kicked a pating. <laughs> that's pretty doctor who that's true get one every season you get a pating kicked every season yep you kicked my pating <laughs> as classic as a dalek story Hmm. so where um, do we stuff? begin well i was just gonna say the the starting off I really like the idea of Yaz getting this mysterious watch and then immediately going to the doctor and be like, show me what happened. I want to know what happened. <laughs> I, my like, grandma's a liar. <laughs> yeah. Like, why is my grandma being weird? Just fucking tell me. God, you're dying. <laughs> well, then Graham tells her right away, like, hey, your grandma probably has a really good reason for not telling you. Like, maybe you should just leave her alone. <laughs> yeah. I just really love that she hands over this watch. Like, this is my most loved possession i don't want to talk about it it's like oh jesus yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a little aggressive isn't it i love the and grandma she gives the, kid, the other kid something that she doesn't even remember why she has it <laughs> that once you watch the whole episode you're like yeah like graham can say whatever the fuck she wants she lived a life jeez yeah back the fuck off when the grandma's like and this for my favorite granddaughter <laughs> Yeah, and that, yeah. That, ev- that whole event, this whole episode, was the start of her young adult life. Like, she's been through some shit. That, like, it's just crazy to think about stuff like that sometimes. Like, what people have gone through. It's nuts. Like, in her... Like, this is right after World War II ended. Like, that's the war that uh, the gentlemen are in, the dude and his brothers. I was wondering uh, if that I, was, I if, it was, if it was that war. Okay. Yeah. So she's not only like had a tough time because her first husband died. She also lived her teenage years through World War Two. Yeah. Wow. Could you imagine? Fuck. No, thank you. And here I am bitching about how I have headaches in the morning. Do you drink water? God damn it. <laughs> I had to, sorry. What do you think I ask him every single day when he complains about his headache? How much water did you drink today? None? Okay. <laughs> That's no, just I, how you know you're an adult. It's your, you it's get a just, headache and you're like, I didn't drink enough yeah. water. That's well, it, like adult step it's also, one. Either that or it's your body like preparing itself for the caffeine deficiency. Like, you better get some caffeine. Yeah, yeah that's, I'm going to be an asshole. That's, that's where Cody, it is. It's right there. Yeah. Oh, I look at the clock. Oh, it's 10 o'clock. Did I drink my caffeine? No. Okay. This is deserved. Congratulations. This is going to stay all day. Yeah. <laughs> Addiction. Yeah. For the low, low price of four cups of coffee spread through four days, you too could suffer for the rest of your fucking life. <laughs> but yeah, the Nan had it pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is a rough. But that, that was kind of a nice way to do like a full circle on this story without... Because if the Nan was like, oh, you want to hear about how this watch broke? Well, this one time I had a husband who got shot and he gave me this watch and he dropped it trying to hand it to me because he was such a klutz. And we decided not to fix it because it was going to be our moment in time. Wink. Roll credits. Yeah, that'd be bad. Do you think, like, 
It wouldn't be that bad if she talked about getting married and then her husband dying. Like, do you right? think she doesn't talk about it because of the alien type demon thing? Because to her perspective, they were it's, demons the whole yeah, time. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, did she ever actually know? Yeah, she did. But, yep, she saw him. That's right. Okay, everybody did. That's right. I do think it's really weird that, like, she's, Yaz is obviously close with her grandma, Nanny. Is that what she calls her? Nani, I think. Nani. 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 Okay, so she's close with her, and they've never talked about this before. Seems really weird to me. I don't. Is it? Think just, it's. Uh, I don't. I don't, I don't think know. it's that weird. I don't know. It's a part of her life that really doesn't have anything to do with her current family because it was a previous marriage, and it's something that right. she holds close to her and might not matter to the other ones as much, and it's something she doesn't want to relive. I'm just like, curious why she hides it. Yaz's mom has to know, right? Like, it's fine to not talk about it, but, like, she's outright, like, hiding it, seems like. Like, no one knows. She says, I'll tell you when you're older. And I wouldn't say hiding, because she is giving her mementos from that time. Just not openly talking about it yet. Maybe this is the start of her opening up to it. (laughs) It takes a while for parents and grandparents to see their spawn as adults even if they're in their early 20s and have and are police officers <laughs> like you just you're like oh i'll tell you when you're older it, you can't handle it was her grandma younger than yaz in this episode don't know how old yaz is i mean like 24 right i don't know felt like the grandma was really young i thought she like i felt like she was younger than yaz in this well song. i think you have to take into account the uh times and then just their culture too of do they marry when they're 17 18 or like well i think what you need to take account of is that this was 73 years ago yeah in and the 40s so take how old nani's not a hundred so i would say probably late teens early 20s at best that doesn't seem too strange doesn't matter oh that's that arbitrary shit that jake uh Calls us out for online, but not to our faces. Every third podcast, we spend 20 minutes guessing how old somebody is. (laughs) That's like every podcast. to my inner lore. Hey, I've listened to a fair amount of Neither the Time or the Space in the last week, and they spent a solid 30 minutes talking about either what they ate or their music and whatnot, and that's my favorite part of the entire episode. Yeah, because their podcast is good. And drinking beans, like... okay. But, like, our side conversations aren't that different than that. Wait, drinking beans? Don't worry about it. I haven't gotten there yet. (laughs) Also, like, don't think of it like American beans and British beans are, sorry, internet, 15 minutes of bean talk. Very different. Completely (laughs) different style of beans. Their beans are Heinz beans. Surprise. Can you make us both and we can um, understand the difference? We could probably find tomato beans. Deliver them to my mailbox tomato beans but my uh my shift partner his wife is indian and he he talks about it all the time like their fucking beans are wrong (laughs) (laughs) they're just wrong (laughs) you know who else is indian vinay patel the guy who wrote this episode of course i feel like you'd have to be because there's just so much history here yeah yeah. This is also the first episode 
that Chris Chibnall is not credited on at all. Like, he even was credited as co-writer of Rosa. Yeah. Well, maybe he's got... Maybe Chibnall has that humility that... Chibnall's like, I ain't fucking with your writing, bro. You know more than me. I'm gonna be hands-off. This seems like a great episode. Have at her. Congratulations. Welcome to the industry. Well, the he definitely wrote some of it. Like, every script is edited by the showrunner and made, like, rewritten and made to fit the show. And they'll they'll have the writer themselves take a couple passes at it in the editing process, but it still needs to be made, you know, to a way that fits the showrunner's vision and can be shot as a television show for the budget that they have. So, like, they weren't in Pakistan, <laughs> they were in Spain. But he co-wrote Rosa. Like, he hired Mallory Blackman specifically to write this Rosa story. And then... I guess it's just like degrees of how much your influence is on the script or something. But RTD and Moffat, near the end of their times, started doing that too, putting their names on as co-writer. And uh, I don't understand the like level that has to happen for you to be like, well, I guess I have to be a co-writer on this. Mm. Unless they were asked by the by the by the main writer, like, hey, could you just be a co-writer so I can access you if I have questions. Like, maybe it was just an agreement between the writers. I think it's a union thing. Oh, okay. I see. Do you have stuff written down about the young grandma who played her when she was young? Uh, nope. Yeah. She's She's been in almost nothing. She is super gorgeous. I thought she might be a model or something. I was like, man... Oh, maybe. I didn't look. I just looked at her IMDb. I mean, I have no idea. That was just me thinking out loud. So I thought this episode was really funny. Yes. What? What do you mean, what? What? There was a lot of one-liners and just funny stuff. What? Name a one-liner. I I missed it. Uh, References to my physical and gender regeneration are just jokes. I'm such a comedian. I thought that was a really sassy, tongue-in-cheek slap to... uh, People talking shit about the like gender bias of the doctor. But I mean it could just be like a slapstick joke, I guess. Yeah. The way she said it, she was just like, har har, I'm such a comedian, lol. Which to me isn't like haha. That's like you people out there that are making this a problem are fucking stupid. It's not haha, that's more like hee hee. Ho ho so this lady that played uh yaz's young grandma what's her first name uh oh wow anyway she's from nepal not india or pakistan Uh uh-huh she is known for the role of naya in the cw fantasy series the outpost she's also set to star is inej gaffa in the upcoming netflix series shadow and bone That sounds fun. You know what sounds fun? Y'all see the title of the next episode? Let's do that. Mm -hmm. Let's do that one. Kerblam? Kerblam! I saw Fez. I think I'm going to like it. Or hate it. It might be rompy. Anyway. Well, I loved the monster slash not monster. Yes. That was a really cool element to the story. And the, the turn of the doctor realizing she was a dick by stealing their, like, 
leftover remnants. essence of their planet. Their yeah. planet. Yeah. yeah. Harsh. And once again, the humans are the Yikes. monsters. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of that. That's what this season fucking is. It's just like, look at all yeah. these humans being dicks. They're not like adventures in space type. It's just like, hey, look at all this shitty history you fuckers have been involved with. The two moments with the non-monsters. What are they called? Uh, I just call them the assassins. No, they had a name. Yeah, they did. Uh, I don't remember. Jake. Help. Jake's that, gone. The Tricari. Tricari. Trish. I thought uh, it started with an F. Maybe? No. I thought it was I, a K. Oh, God. We're all just... Jake. I think it's a T. Yeah, I'm pretty I think sure it was it's a, a T. T too. It was like a TR. TR something. Transalore. Tr- no. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'll boo. Hey, I get to boo somebody out. Yeah, boo, everybody. Simultaneous. It's T-H-I-J-A-R-I-A-N-S, so like... Fajarians. Fajarians, okay. Okay, those they... guys. Anyway, I loved the moment where they, okay, not loved, but the I got two goosebumpy moments when they showed Prem's head, like, out of the thing. Like, oh, that's creepy. Like, they just know what's coming and that they're going to protect him. And then the moment where, like, he's about to get shot, and you're like, why aren't they turning away? Like, when the three or four of them are just standing and watching mm. and then the assassins come in and say we'll watch over him now those yeah. two scenes just got me good well and their whole uh explanation of like what they actually are how they used to be assassins but then had this huge traumatic experience and decided to be a service to the universe after that that seems wishy-washy that, that, that got me. <laughs> it's cool. I'm kind of on board with Sam. I'd be like, I killed all these people, came back, and my planet was blown up. Now I honor the dead. Like, you fucking live by the sword, die by the sword, fuckers. <laughs> and what's the definition of unwitnessed? Because someone killed the yeah. guy. But he so probably, the dude that shot him sure he, saw He it. probably bled out. Like, they left him while he was dying. Yeah, they're not going to hold his hand and say, it's okay. Like, they're just going to walk they away. They shot him and left, and he wasn't dead yet. Just like the brother, too. Like, they saw, the guy saw saw the brother in the war. I'm pretty sure, oh. But the, the... Oh, that's what I was talking about, sorry. I thought you meant, like, the one at the end. They were there for him. I'm pretty sure he died immediately. And there no, was, was people there. Shot. Yeah, but again, it's not going to be, like, witnessed and honored. Like, they're not honoring him. In his death, they're just shooting him and going in. Yeah, shooting him dead. Yeah, you don't have to be alive to be honored. <laughs> they do that shit all the time. We're we're all just assuming here. They're they're actually monsters, and they're gaining some sort of uh, like pleasure Power. themselves right. by observing. They're, these they're stealing deaths. their teeth. <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> nah, low key some shots. <laughs> I really liked um, while watching it that you got to see more and more of these creatures and that by the time they did reveal themselves to the doctor and say what they were there to do, that you got like a full picture of them finally and like, this is what we are. And I really like the development of that because like at the beginning, you're like, holy shit, these things have like 14 eyeballs. And then it's like, wait, is that like an ear of a bat on the thing and why do they have tusks and then it's just like they get bigger and more vibrant as you see them and it's like oh this is just super fun to watch 
And the the way that the doctor described them in the beginning made you super scared of them. Like they were like this end all be all assassin creature that also, could just destroy you. The music that they played when they showed them was like terrible. Ear piercing. Yes. Yeah. And I think breaking through the doctor's technology that was supposed to last hours but lasted seconds, like it just gives you that really creepy picture. Yeah. Of how powerful they are. I think they really threw away a great monster by making them bros. Hey man, time is a construct. They're they actually go back both women. Ooh, right. I mean, they were an assassin. Yeah, you, you're not wrong. I also like that you couldn't specify like this is the male one, this is the female one. Like both of their voices had the male female attributes to them, and then. Like, the one that you would think would be a guy had, like, really feminine hands, and the one you thought was a guy had, like, a bosom, and it was just really, like, a mismatch of, like, what are your sexes? Like, it was really fun to just see them as, like, a we're a mishmash of creatures and put together. And it was, I really love this design of this monster, if you can't tell. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Terry, how binary thinking of you. Right? Like, you don't need to Real identify cool. their gender characteristics. Fuck. <laughs> don't worry about it. What a concern to have. They're not into you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how about I read a tweet? Uh, we can read, yeah, read a tweet. Sure. Okay. Uh, I sent out a tweet this morning saying we're going to talk about this and ask if any of our listeners would like to chat about it. Uh, if you want to do so, you can do that. Married to Who Pod on Twitter if you want to follow us. Uh, Nicophorus Focus at Jury of Underscore One says, absolutely love this one, and it's where the series really came into its own for me. The alien wasn't a monster trope actually pays off really well, especially as most of the audience won't be familiar with the India-Pakistan partition that the episode is based around. It's great to go into Yaz's family history, as she hasn't had much depth before this, especially compared to Ryan and Graham's relationship. The themes of radicalization are both very well portrayed and topical, and I found Prem's memorial to be a really impactful moment. This ep can be easily compared to Rosa, and I think I prefer this, particularly particularly as it's shining a light onto an area of history that many British viewers wouldn't have been taught in nearly enough depth. Uh, it's a great retroactive companion piece to victory of the daleks which really failed to be critical of british imperial figures so demons is a great reminder of the progress of the show the second the second half of this series is much better than the first so i hope you're excited and enjoyed this as much as i did i agreed i yeah that's i enjoyed it perhaps as much as you did <laughs> wish i knew more about indian history though don't know a goddamn thing so ignorant I don't know anything about U.S. history. I think I should start there. Yeah. U.S. history is nah, pretty lame. It's only 200 and some short. years old. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't take yeah, very it's long. it's pretty short. I want to know who wrote in the script. So when the holy man, when they found him, they're like, oh, this purple shit killed him. But they didn't look for a bullet hole or anything like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> what a bag of fucking nothing that purple disappearing powder ended up being. Well, that was the, the stuff in the container. Like, they were gathering the essence of, and, like, distributing it with everything else that goes unwitnessed. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, still nothing. 
But yeah, maybe his death is from that giant hole in his body, Doctor. <laughs> What's all this blood? <laughs> yeah, right, shouldn't to think. there have been some blood somewhere? It dried up. He's but old. They... I, I'm trying. So that was when they first saw the demons, right? Was that when that yeah, was? Yeah, so I'm thinking maybe the demons just took care of it before they saw... No, because they definitely saw the body, but maybe they were in a hurry. Like, they were trying to catch the demons. Was that it? I can't remember. I think that was a sequence. So maybe they just didn't, like, inspect the body. Well, they buried it, though. I don't know, man. Well, Nobody knows, man. What about man. that uh, weird vision things that the doctor was having, too? Like, why were they shooting into her brain? Yeah, there's another thing that just kind of was a nothing sandwich. Well, she she said she intercepted a, a, a thing in her brain. Like, that wasn't intentional for her. She just intercepted it because she's Time Lord. Well, obviously it wasn't intentional for her, but what was it that she could, or it would just, like, penetrate her brain? I think they just have, a like, an exclamation point mode in their speech. It was just the one when she had the vision. So was it one trying to communicate with another telepathically and she just intercepted? Like a walkie-talkie? What do you mean it was just the one? Yeah, it happened again when they uh, no, jumped like, in the barn. It happened like four times. In the vision, it was just one of the creatures talking, but there's multiple creatures. So was it one trying to communicate with another and she just intercepted it? Oh, I see what you're saying. Maybe. I don't know. They don't ever say that they're telepathic. Well, they do, though, because she says you don't have to press the thoughts into our minds. It hurts a lot. And then they eventually start talking instead of using the brain speech. Oh, I was not paying attention. <laughs> okay. I'm going to get that answer right when we do our trivia. <laughs> trivia is dead. Uh, passion fruit sent a jar candle. At B underscore bird underscore moth says, very, very good. One massive issue, though. I'm not sure if it's the acting or directing or what, but the performances, mostly from the side characters, are fucking awful. Oh, no. If you can look past that and just enjoy the powerful story, immersive music, and stunning setting, it's amazing. One thing Chibnall's era does is it really encourages you to do your own research on people, not for these fuckers, uh, <laughs> that are explored. Far more than R2D or Moffat's errors ever did, Vinay Patel, the writer, did a fantastic job. They really don't shy away from shameful parts of history anymore. Setting it during partition makes the whole thing have such an oppressive and chaotic atmosphere, and the central mystery of the wedding is really gripping. The alien's mission, while strikingly similar to the glass people from Twice Upon a Time, is just utterly beautiful. I just wish Yaz had more to do and more interesting thoughts on events, this really should have been her episode, the way Father's Day was Rose's episode. The episodes in the past are really good in Chimdall's era. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Did enjoy it. I think I was so balls deep in the story and the music that could have been uh, reduced in volume a tiny bit that I didn't notice shitty acting. I don't I think it was yeah, that bad either. I'm, I'm curious uh, who they're referring to because... Immersing yourself in the story, like, so they mean the young grandma and the not grandpa and <laughs> the doctor. They're Christian all, names. Like, are those, are those like the main cast? Are they considering that the main cast and anyone outside of that bad? 
No, anyone outside of the TARDIS team. Oh, because then I, I think that's wrong. Because I, I thought I, I thought the family was great. I like, thought so too. The brother who kind Both? of betrayed him at the end. Because you didn't see the betrayal coming until like way later into the episode. You didn't see him see it coming because his face never moves no matter what he's that's, saying. I wasn't a huge fan of him. He was probably my least favorite. I thought that was like perfect for his character. Yeah, the way that that came out, I, like I thought the that was great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Perfect. No, I and then I saw that. And then the the not grandpa, like I thought his scenes, especially like his close ups when he was like being emotional, I thought was really good. Agreed. I thought I the know. supporting cast was really good. Anyway, I don't know if there are going to be more episodes like this. But, there are more episodes. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> we're, we're not done. Um, but just the the whole like the TARDIS team having to stand by and not do anything while like a injustice is being happening, being happening is happening, and not being <laughs> able to do anything about it. Of like how you had in uh, the Rosa one that they just had to sit on the bus and watch her be treated not fairly and like arrested for just sitting there and then this one too of just seeing a man being gunned down will not see but for not believing what other people are believing at the time and it was just like oh my gosh is this gonna like how we end all of our episodes soon i think that's what makes this era of stories so different is that they can't jump in and fix it they're just along for the ride But kind of thinking of it in like a meta kind of perspective in that the show Doctor Who are bringing these stories to life and shining a brighter light on issues, which I think is really awesome. All of this talk makes me uh, really hope the next episode's a romp. (laughs) You just want something to veg out on? It is called Kerblam with an exclamation point. (laughs) It's going to be a romp. What did everyone think of uh, Graham's little speech with Yaz? I was just going to bring that up. That's, that was a really cool scene. I like that a lot. I'm learning Graham is really good at the crying game. You mean he's actually got a dick? What? Oh, there's a movie called The Crying Game where the last shot is that this chick who is the main bad guy has a penis. Well, okay, let me do the litmus <laughs> test here. Terry, do you know fuck? what this movie is? Uh, yes, I believe so, because she is uh, just like this teenage boy who's... Okay, uh, litmus test done. Yeah, nobody knows about this movie, Jake. they go to a beach. And no one cares about this movie, most of all. And she just starts murdering hey, everyone. I like... <laughs> I'd like to point out, I've never seen this movie. I just know things <laughs> oh, about no, I watched it. <laughs> it's a really, like, it's a really jarring thing that happened. And so it's like, it's a reference. I've also watched the sequel. <laughs> what the fuck? That's Terry, man. It's Terry, dude. Well, he... Terry, what was, what was the, vi- the movie with, uh, with the vagina dentata? Teeth. Teeth. Oh, that was called Teeth? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, excellent movie scary prime, movie prime hollywood hmm. i've seen that one <laughs> terry watched goonies today because he had the day off hey days off <laughs> great i guess i'll read a tweet <laughs> oh well graham and yes combo anyone yeah. else <laughs> it was good. It's, it's good is it the first conversation they've had 
I think so. I want to say yes. Oh, wait. I was thinking the Graham and uh, Nanny conversation. Young one. What did he talk to about? Yes. Oh, is he talking about Grandma can keep her secrets and stuff? Kind of. Of just yeah, like, this isn't my business. granddad. And this my life is, what is this? And he's just like, whoa, calm down. Like, it's fine. And just, <laughs> he was able to talk her out of it and make her see the good and everything. And say, like, you are really good. Are you not like a... Uh, some sort of therapist or anything. <laughs> is it kind of no, odd to anybody else driver. that, like, coming from the season with Capaldi, now we're getting to the season where, like, Graham is the voice of reason and the doctor is just always kind of, like, spastically running around, not okay. necessarily in control? To interrupt that, my next point, my next thought was, what's up with the doctor's running? Can Jody <laughs> get some running lessons before she has to run again? I'd have to relook at that. I didn't see it, anything. Did you ever crazy, see but... Capaldi run? No. Oh, oh yeah. Well, like with the T Rex arms. <laughs> well, and, well, Bill Bill describes his running in an episode as a penguin with his ass on fire. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. It's so well, perfect. You also have to, like, you try and run through a field that's waist high without looking like an idiot. In like. <laughs> Capri pants and giant boots. <laughs> the pants and boots have nothing to do with it. <laughs> they totally do. But she, like, she had three running scenes that I noted that were all ridiculous. Like, Jody's a petite little thing. You can't tell me she runs with her legs three feet apart. <laughs> doctor always runs weird. It's a doctor thing. Oh, hate it. Uh, the Graham and Yaz combo had my favorite line. It was, live this moment and figure it out later. I really loved that. That's a good line. And then I like when Graham was like trying to adopt Yaz's not grandpa. When he is like the <laughs> night before they're, or he's like getting ready for the wedding and he knows he's going to die. And he's just like, you're such a good man. And gives him a big hug. Yeah. Also, could the doctor have like changed to minister the wedding? In To what? I, I don't know. I don't think the doctor changed. Well, Capaldi changed all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's now that I think about it. She, she have to do laundry every day? They're just, they're already breaking <laughs> traditions. Like, you, I mean, they were dressed up in their, like, cultural attire. Why wouldn't she be? Ah, well, they're it's... pretty far away from the TARDIS. Like, they had to take that cart that went slower than the guy walking. <laughs> yeah. Other people had clothes. Yeah, everyone was yeah, clothed. But the doctor's also non-denominational. She did say that. So dressing up in a certain religious culture probably wouldn't feel right to her. I don't know. I just, I felt really weird. She could have put, the... put on a shirt well, with a collar. I mean, she did partake in the henna painting or tattooing as well. So that was... I really, I really thought it was hilarious that like in that scene, uh, it showed the young grandma like criticizing she's like oh yeah it's they're really bad and then at the end of the episode the regular grandma's like oh man whoever did that was terrible right (laughs) all in all pretty cheap episode yeah they're just in a forest in a field not a big cast everything inside the hut and everything inside the the demon's ship was you know at at the back at the studio they're all there's sets so yeah that's uh, i mean they're in spain but uh 
so that might be expensive, but I think they were there for, other, like, shooting other stuff, too. Not a lot of special effects other than just zooping the demons back and forth, which you can do in After Effects, I'm sure. James Courtney, and Mr. J. Courtney says, Hurrah, the good episodes are here. The music in this episode is fabulous once you get past the first scene. Seriously, tension music for a birthday party? We're treated to a luscious score. Saginaw Canola does really well when given a genre to play with, as did Murray Gold. This episode looks utterly gorgeous as well. It really evokes the feeling of India of that era. The aliens fit the story well, although equally I think the story could have been told just as well without them. I hope one day they're brave enough to do an episode like that. The weaknesses of this episode are really ones that stretch across this series. The story once again puts the Doctor in a position of passivity, something that occurs across the series but is especially prominent in both the historicals so far. I do wonder whether it would have been better to save either this or Rosa for the next series. I remember some comedian on the BBC at the time describing the show as lecturing, which whilst I don't fully agree with, I can see where it came from. The passivity of the Doctor is also met with no resistance by any of the fam. There's rarely any conflict between any of them. Mostly it's just between Ryan and Graham. They just accept the events as happening, which is something Rose or Amy would have struggled with. This is the second story about Yaz, yet we didn't really learn anything about who she is. We meet more of her family, but none of the events in either this or Arachnids really change her. Uh, sorry, that's quite a lot of words for what are really minor criticisms, I will finish on somebody else's experience. The day after this episode went out, I talked to my work colleague about it. She had started watching Doctor Who with her son that year. She loved this episode. Her father was 10 during the partition, and this episode let her son understand what her father had gone through. It helped them bond as a family and discuss what happened to them. Oh, shit. Wow. Stories like that is why you do it, right? Yeah. Or, you know, if you guys is, uh kids were a little older and you were watching this with them maybe you would have gone to the internet and learned about it together i mean henry will sit on my lap but <laughs> i was gonna say my dogs don't give a shit i can see when they're older and they're asking questions and i'm like frantically trying to google it so i don't look like an idiot <laughs> you just They'll gotta hit that up doing. up front just say like i don't know everything google knows a lot more than me <laughs> look it up yourself <laughs> Who's the one that just tweeted right now? Or that you just read? That was James Courtney. I really agreed with a lot of that. Solid tweet, James. Solid tweeting. Ode underscore Ollie at Ode underscore Ollie says, This is who to me. What it is at its heart. Powerful and emotional. Telling a story that teaches while never letting the education take away from the impact. The story manages to be important both to the characters and the audience being educational and showing true history without either preaching or showing too much of the more brutal side, though this is, admittedly, a pretty brutal episode. Like Rosa, this feels like such a classic historical story, though I doubt they would have covered it quite like this. The story is told with so much tact and respect, and I think so much of that is down to the writing. Vinay Patel brings such an obvious knowledge to the episode, and the meaning behind it is told gently but still obviously. And I'm very excited for your reaction to his next story in the series. It's next season. We'll get there one day. He goes on. Having partition as the setting is something we rarely see, not just in Who. So it's really nice to see it explored so well in this. The whole story starting because Yaz is curious about her family is wonderful. Really lets her character be explored a lot more 
than the previous episodes have done, and adds a lot more depth to the story, letting it and its ending be so impactful. The alien threat is so cleverly handled, the idea is really well explored, and suits the episode's theme so well. The releasing of violence to memorializing contrasts against the radicalization towards hate and violence. The idea that the end result of violence is atonement shows the themes without having to outright say them. And showing the Doctor deferring to the Thajarians once she understands is so powerful. And I like that the conflict of the story comes from fear and hatred rather than from any alien involvement, showing the unfortunate side of humanity and history, giving the story so much depth. The story still has lightness to it, despite the heartbreaking ending. The scene of the Doctor mentioning being a man is a nice touch, and as sad as it is, Graham supporting Pram before the wedding is lovely, and the variation on the theme at the end is beautiful, adds so much emotion to the ending, and it feels like a tribute to the character and the story. I think this is one of the most powerful stories who has ever had, so I'm really looking forward to what you think. Also, episode one proper of the podcast was recorded yesterday, so can't wait to hear what you think. I believe it will come out next Tuesday, or if you're listening to this podcast, three Tuesdays ago. (laughs) (laughs) And then Chris at This Emo Trash says, First time I watched this was on my phone in a bunk bed on the eighth floor of a shitty hostel in Glasgow the night before a Slayer concert, so it's safe to say I enjoyed it a little bit more this time around. Also, an incredibly poignant episode being broadcast on Remembrance Day, exactly 100 years after the end of World War I. Yeah, I left that out of my fun facts. Uh, much much like Chris, I watched the premiere on my phone in a shitty hotel room in Germany. <laughs> it, uh, I think I liked it more then. Uh, less a story about aliens and time travel, and more about how real people can be radicalized so easily, and how sometimes even the people you love aren't safe from it. Earlier on, we had Rosa, which went into American history. Now it's looking back at British history. The British Empire isn't taught much in schools, despite it taking up hundreds of years of our history, and our treatment of India is something that shouldn't be glossed over. The largest empire in human history, and we barely even learn about it. I'm glad we have shows like this that aren't afraid to show it, especially the bad parts. In terms of actual content, I think the episode is beautiful from start to finish. I remember thinking the first time around that Yaz got nothing to do, despite this being the Yaz episode, but that's just wrong, since our main cast are just side characters in the story of Umbreen, Prem, and Manish. Realistically, the Thajarians don't even need to be there. They could easily be taken out and it would work the same. Uh, There isn't anything specific I want to pick up on other than pretty much every shot looks so gorgeous, and Saganak and Ola's score fits so perfectly. His more subtle approach works in ways that Murray Gold's over-the-top orchestra wouldn't have for this episode. Overall, probably the best episode we've had in this era so far. It's also the start of a streak of four amazing episodes, so I look forward to what's coming up next. Also, recording the first real episode tonight, so it should be uploaded next Friday. He, of course, is talking about his podcast, uh, Five Rounds Rapid, which uh, has its, has its trailer out now. Again, if you're listening to this three weeks ago. So everyone keeps talking about the score for this story, which I have to say I didn't notice at all. What I noticed is like really weird sound effects. I don't know if it's like where I was sitting while watching it, but there was some sound that just happened over and over and over that was like overpowering everything else. So I don't know if the composer also does sound effects, but I did not like the sound effects. (laughs) Yeah, there was some kind of like almost Christopher Nolan-esque like warm going through 
I kept thinking it was like a weird like house noise. Like it didn't even sound like a part of the story, but it was definitely <laughs> in it was the episode. The sound of oppression. Sure. <laughs> Did you guys listen to the end credits? They no. redid the song, but in with like Indian Pakistani oh, instruments. Yeah, oh, their style. I, I didn't really know good. that was the Who song. I okay. Now that you say that, I remember it. I remember enjoying it a lot. That's that's my MVP. I yeah sure. I Graham's great too, <laughs> but that song, solid. Alex, give me that fun fact theme song. Fun 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 facts. I feel like I do that one a lot. <laughs> I should probably mix it up. That. Yeah, make the this fun was shot facts in the province. Song. Go ahead, that's fine. If you just make the, just make the fun, see. Okay, now all eyes are on me. I don't like it, so I don't want to say. <laughs> just make the fun facts theme song sad once and see. So yeah, we'll make it sad. I'll make it sad. I like that. All right. This was shot in the province of Granada in Spain. Yay, Spain. Yeah. Lena, Lena Dingra played the older Umbreen. She was also Miss Chandrakala in the 2008 episode The Unicorn and the Wasp. So welcome mm. back to Doctor Who, Lena Dingra. Nice. That was... That I was... think she was the maid that got crushed by a statue that fell from... Like the gargoyle statue that fell from the top of the house. Oh, okay. that's a bummer. <laughs> um, Do they have a Nat- lot of quarries in Spain? I don't know. Doesn't everywhere have a lot of quarries? People gotta move rocks, man. Fuck. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Uh, Natalie Kuzner was the performance of Kassar, one of the demons, in her final Doctor Who appearance and the only one that she's actually credited for. She has uncredited roles as a cat nun, a screaming lady, a future kind, a robed woman, a Silurian, and a handbot in nine other stories dating back to 2007. She's also been credited in Star Wars episodes 7, 8, and 9 as droid and creature puppeteer. Uh, Isabel Middleton did the voice of Almac, the other demon. She was also uh, did voices in the video games for the Order of the Phoenix and the Half-Blood Prince as the Fat Lady, Sybil Trelawney, a Howler, and a Gargoyle. So that counts. Barbara Fadden was credited as the performance of Almac. And in her final Doctor Who, out of 14 appearances dating back to 2007, she's been a chamber droid, a cleric, a handbot, a Silurian, a unit soldier, a neighbor, and a guest. She was also a droid creature and puppeteer in episodes 7, 8, 9, and in Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, Lex Lamprey was a British colonel. He was also uncredited as caretaker in an episode of the Doctor Who spinoff, Class. Alex, see when that MVP theme song? MVP! MVP! I thought that was live to win there for a second. 
Alex, who's your MVP? Hmm. I am giving it to the writer because I thought the story was bitching. Vinay Patel. Jill. I was also going to give it to the writer. I really, really you like this can. one. I I will. I just feel weird back to back. <laughs> it's fun that like a lot of people's favorite episode is the one that Chibnall didn't write. Oh, no. It's not my favorite, but I just thought it was really well written. Like, there's a lot of really good stuff. I don't oh, connect sure. with a lot of Doctor Who stories, and I did with this one. I like it. Yay. Terry? Uh, it probably will fall under the costume designers, um, but I am going with the design for the assassins. They're just so pretty. We actually got a like on one of our tweets today from someone who's a costume designer. Cool. Hell yeah, brother. Wow. We're getting noticed in the industry by the people that I've been sending all these placards to. Nobody says thank you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his name's Phil Newman, and he has, or his banner picture is a picture of him and... Camille Kaduri on the set of season one of Doctor Who. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's that's super cool. Cody, who's your MVP? I'm with Terry on this one. It's costume designer. Like when you look back and you see like what all the fresh monsters that are not CGI, how they've been like developed. Very few of them are, are really to this standard of just fine details. It was extraordinary. Sam. I think I'm also going to go with the writer just because I enjoy that they're not afraid to write about hard subjects. And they do a very good job at it. Um, costume designers Ray Holman. Ray Holman. Ray can hold this man. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I got a nose puff out of Alex. That's. Uh, I was going to boo, but that was pretty good. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> My MVP is going to be uh, Sega Nakanola, the composer. I like uh, the music in this one. I hate how they it. used scary sounds on the assassins, even though they weren't bad characters. It really throws you off. It's not fair. That's really true. And I don't... should have been like nice and peaceful and kind. I hate that. Quick, There's... everybody unionize and tell Jake he's wrong. They're scary looking. <laughs> They are spooky. I mean, don't it, judge a book. It, it kind of tracks. Right. Like they they were assassins, but now they they go around the galaxy well, uh, witnessing the deaths and they didn't think to change their attire from <laughs> super spooky assassin garbs. <laughs> <laughs> their planet got blown up. That's all they have. <laughs> They're just like, whatever <laughs> they had on. <laughs> it is now time for... Installment number two of our brand new game. I read the lowest IMDb reviews and these dicks try to guess what story these other dicks are bitching about. Are you all ready? The dicks Already. game. Yeah. Call it. <laughs> the dicks um, game. This is a <laughs> two out of ten review. Um, the title of the review is Directors Loosing the Plot. Didn't spell losing correctly. Writers targeting children audience. This episode was a complete disappointment. The whole episode seemed to have been rushed. 
The storyline was weak, and the floors, probably meant flaws, were numerous. <laughs> so many floors. <laughs> such as disappearing characters and unexplained circumstances. Apart from this, the number of stupid scenarios made me sick. It's as if now the producers have decided to direct the series to a young children audience, which was in quotes for some reason, which is very disappointing. Doctor Who has never in the past been done what? this way. That's not true. Who's this person? I also miss the absence of the seriousness David Tennant brought to the Doctor. This whole series has been too childish. So it has to be something from it's 11. It's a Matt Smith episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, purposely left out a lot of details there. The child who has... Or they get sucked into a dollhouse no. and people are turning into dolls. No, that's probably the like spookiest all... one. Since when are we more. leaving details out? You said you were going to read shit. We we're going to guess from them. You, you're leaving because stuff out. Because I have another review to read. Oh. Did, oh, what? Uh, no, that's not how this game should work. You read the review and we guess <laughs> it. You don't. What? You no, set I, this up for I, failure. I, I sometimes upload multiple reviews if one of them's just really funny. <laughs> just so we can get it all out. Like, I don't want you guessing when I'm four lines into a paragraph I want to read. Are we thinking uh, this episode is with Amy and Rory or with Clara? I don't know enough yet. We're thinking well, that Jake should read the next uh, review. Well, okay, so we know we know that there's childish themes, disappearing characters. Are You My Mummy is the one that jumped out at me, but that's not childish. It just has children no. in it. And it's not... 11. I was thinking it was maybe that oh, Christmas yeah. episode okay. when um, they fly that tree ship through time. <laughs> oh, is it with the ones with the flying sharks? The Christmas episode? Yeah. No. I mean, that's childish. Ah, dang it. Okay, here's the next review. The title of this review is I Expect Better. This episode is cheap and tacky. Looks low budget with the below par special effects that you wouldn't expect from Doctor Who. Lily's Cole, Lily Cole's bizarre character is lame and looks extremely fake at her every appearance. And the plot is litter, litter, And the plot is riddled with nonsensical plot holes and inconsistencies. The most disappointing part of this episode, however, is the portrayal of the pirates. Compared to the swashbuckling, double-crossing pirates of Pirates of the Caribbean, for example, yeah. the pirates in this episode are slightly pathetic and campy, which makes for a rather disappointing Doctor Who outing. Their piratey behavior is quickly overruled, leaving the audience feeling a bit cheated and disappointed by something that could have been a lot, lot, lot better. Writers <laughs> had better try harder to entertain us in the future. God damn. <laughs> This Tell is Cody's him. favorite episode. Yeah, this yeah. is the black spot. Yeah. I don't even know the name of it. Wow. The Curse of the Black Spot. <laughs> That's because that pirate was a fucking British accent. badass. <laughs> how, is, how, is there, how is there childish themes in this episode? Yeah, this episode's dark. Uh, um, it was, it was rompy. mermaid, maybe? I mean, like, right, we can't take that. That, that dude was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I like the 
leaving the audience feeling cheated and disappointed. You're not the audience. You, you don't, don't like Doctor Who. Cody was fulfilled right. and satisfied. I, I was very satisfied. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give you a, a hint on this next one. This has by far the most reviews on IMDb I have ever seen for a Doctor Who story. There's usually like somewhere between 7 and 20. This one had 240. And, and they oh. were very different. So here's a 1 out of 10 titled insanely preachy and condescending this episode was literally the moment i realized that doctor who was just virtue signal signaling and literally all caps had the opposite effect on me it woke me up or rather it unwoke me up <laughs> oh god it made them more racist oh no <laughs> <laughs> was that it that was it. Was that Two it? sentences. Okay, so it's Rosa? Uh, it's got to be New Who. Like, not New Who. Uh, it's got to be Jody Who. So I think this season. Uh, the one that's going to have a ton of reviews, though. It's got to be Rosa. Um, yeah. Jill's right. It is Rosa. It is but Rosa. But I, really I really want to read these next two. So I read so many of these. One out of ten reviews. There's like 80 of them. And they're all about how, like, left-wing and woke the show is and PC culture and all that. And so that person, hold on, that person saying it unwoke me made them more white supremacist. Is that what they're saying? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> this show has been pretty liberal from my point of view the whole time. From day fucking one. Where from were November they? November 23rd, 1963. Yeah. Have they watched um, any sci-fi or no. any previous Doctor Who? I do want to read this ne the next two reviews, though, because they're hilarious. Uh, this next one's titled, Vomit-Inducing Rubbish. I thought only the Americans could make such puerile rubbish. But no, the BBC can too. The acting is so appalling, it's hilarious. Scenes that could have been thought-provoking just ended up being ridiculous. Jody and her gang of diversity target-hitting sidekicks were beyond pathetic. The acting was absolute cringe. I hope none of them act again. <laughs> God wow. damn. Somebody's There's, mad. In all these reviews I read, almost all of them refers to the cast as diversity hires. Wow. <laughs> okay. Are so, they going to cast someone who's not black as Rosa? What do they mean? Do, do they want <laughs> no, black They mean the people? TARDIS team. They mean Ryan and Yaz. Oh, oh I see. And okay. the doctor. Like, it's okay to be diverse and to just build a diverse a team in the story. Perspective. Yeah. Like, right, if yeah. it's just another uh, white chick, we wouldn't have had the story we just had because... You know, you or you, they could have gone to partition and been like, what's this? Well, and at least for us, like we all after a few sto or a few companions that were either in love with the doctor or there was like a weird love romancy vibe. We're like, OK, this is enough of that. Let's move on. And that's exactly what they're doing by having a more diverse cast. Uh, I got one more I want to read. I've been a, this is called Force History Story. I've been a fan of Doctor Who since the early 80s. Oh, congratulations. I also have an interest in history. Ooh. 
<laughs> this this fails history, sci-fi fans, and anyone wanting a good story. It is truly the worst Doctor Who episode I have ever seen. Well, he did what then he didn't watch in the 80s. <laughs> in fact, I watched one more and turned it off. <laughs> I'm done with this show. It's sad when the BBC forced leftism, women's rights, and mix it up in a very important historical event that dragged and fell flat. Wait. So, yeah, he just hates women. Rights? Oh, I'm realizing <laughs> yep. these are the not my doctor people. They're just going to hate oh, yes. it on principle. A large number of these reviews came out before the story aired. Oh, my goodness. What do you. Are, they're saying. So, this person's complaining that Rosa was about women's rights? <laughs> What? I'm or so just confused. that the show just that the show is. Well, if you didn't know, women had to sit in the back of the bus too, Alex. Obviously. <laughs> they hired women to act in the show? That's uh I no, can't I think that's just the doc they're just bitching about the doctor being a woman or something. I don't know. Alex even that paper crumpled theme song. This has been Married to Who's episode on Demons of the Punjab. I'm half myself, Jake. That's not what this part is. If you want to participate in our in our tweets or in our socials, you can do so Married to Who Pod on Twitter, Married to Who on Instagram. You can email us, Married to Who at gmail.com. If you want to listen to this podcast in some other way, you can do so on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or on Spotify, or on our website, Married to Who.com. I'm half myself, Jake, Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, and our producer, Terry. Thank you so much for listening. Please join us next time for Kerblam! Do 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 do